0: Hello Sacred sacred beings. Beings, welcome to Sacred Sister Podcast. Join us as we normalize the magic and sacralize the mundane, expanding consciousness and deepening awareness to support you in leading a life full of healing, meaning, and magic. I'm your host Britt Lynn, Energetic Cartographer and Personal Transformation Coach i'm your host hannah lena a certified astrologer rebirth coach and sorceress if you're brand new here welcome beloved we are so grateful so happy to have you here if you're a seasoned sacred being welcome back thank you so much for your support for your listenership and we look forward to seeing you in the show let's dive in Your host, Britt Lynn, here, and I am so excited. I haven't been this excited about a personal episode in a long time. I think it's because I'm totally changing up the format and doing something super new that I've never done on Sacred Sister podcast before. So, as I record this, today is Wednesday, May 18th, and it's my birthday this weekend. So, I thought it would be a really fun idea to hold up some guiding lights that I'm taking with me into my 33rd year. So what better piece than 33 guiding lights to take me into my 33rd year? I got this idea from my sister NB, Natalia Benson, who is an incredible, incredible woman. I just love her so much. She's been a guiding light for me for a couple years now and just really, really a forerunner in the realm of conscious business and healing your money. And yeah, so she did recently a some, I think it was like 35 things that I learned in 35 years, something like that. So this is a play on that. I thought it would be really fun. And immediately I wanted to ask myself, how am I going to assign these? How am I going to delineate them? Because as a Taurus Gemini Sun, my Gemini stellium, Sun, Mercury, Venus, and Jupiter, all in Gemini in the 11th house, can be somewhat lengthy storytellers that have many veins of tangents that they love to go on. And as much as I love Each of the tangents, (laughs) I don't want to be recording this for two hours. (laughs) So what I did was I resourced an aspect of my life that I have curated such a deep relationship with, which is aspects of consciousness within the elemental world, so I separated them into air, earth, fire, and water and I have eight beautiful tidbits that have to do with the mental, spiritual, emotional, and physical realms. I'm going to be sharing I'm going to be sharing my own personal experiences and sharing some personal insights of my own and as always I offer these for anyone who may be going through something similar, who may find a shred of resonance within anything it is that I'm talking about. And I even want to add this to the realm before I jump off. Even if you don't know, or rather, even, yeah, even if you don't know this stuff that I'm going to be talking about in your own world, maybe you know someone who does. And in my world, as an energetic cartographer, I know that when we can witness dimension and complexity within ourselves, it makes us so much easier to hold space for the fact that other people have that going on for themselves as well. And even if we don't have it circulating in our own current reality, we're still able to witness that which is occurring and circulating within another's inner world, inner landscape, and contemplate, hold space for really acknowledge and honor the fact that other people know what's going on inside of themselves. So without much more, let's freaking rock off, (laughs) rock off, let's blast off and rock on. So let's start with the air realm, the mental realm. I as you may have noticed, I have a lot of air placements and even my IC, which is the meridian opposite of the midheaven, you have midheaven up at the very top. And then if the midheaven, I always like to kind of work in poles. So for me, it's more helpful to come into awareness of what one pole means by knowing what the other pole means. So if the midheaven is the aspect of ourselves that is influenced in the realm of how you're going to attain your goals, how you want to be perceived by others, how you go about your own business drive and your own career motivation, your vocational energy, what you want to bring to the world in terms of your career, how you aspire to attain those goals, and yeah, all of those pieces If that is the outwardly arrow that is shooting into the cosmos, that is the energy that your spirit wants to just shine in the realm of vocation, then what is the pole opposite of that? I see, I witness that arrow stemming out from inside of us that is just wishing to uh, penetrate the world. Right? The 10th house is ruled by Capricorn. So we think of these very masculine pieces, these very um, penetrative pieces in the physical world. So whenever we come into the polar opposite of that, we come into the innermost core, seed core of our being. And that is the ruler of the fourth house. And the fourth house is ruled by Cancer. So even a little association that I'm making right now is that cancer is my chart ruler and that means that I'm cancer rising and I'm ruled by cancer energy and and the moon. So for me especially, my IC speaks very deeply to how I know myself to be and the perspective, the lens that I take on in this human experience. So anyways... um, Even that is in Libra, is basically what I was trying to say with all of that. (laughs) See, this is a piece of mental medicine, I feel like. It can take me a couple minutes to really explain something, but one of the Gemini superpowers is that we know that there is a perfect way to communicate absolutely everything, and for myself, that really prompts me to come into my own communicative prowess and get so freaking detailed with how I explain something so that I know beyond the shadow of a doubt that someone, if they're interested, is going to be more informed on what it is that I just took a couple minutes to feel into and explain. That is the magic of the mental realm, of the air element. It is the exchanging of networks. So let's feel into these Guiding bits that are going to guide me into my 33rd year in the realm of air and my mental body. Having more stimulating conversation is number one. <laughs> Legit, I like really took it upon myself when I, in 2017, when I was really realizing how crippling my social anxiety was and how much I it fed into my identity crisis in a way that I didn't know who I was. So I would always go out and ask people a lot of questions. And then I would kind of um, not morph myself into who they were on like a authenticity level, but I am just so interested in so many things that other people have circulating inside of themselves as well. So I just like to kind of like meet people where they're at and I share interest in what they're interested in. And when I started realizing that that's who I was and that I didn't really have a lot of like core stuff that I wanted to bring into conversations, I really started empowering that notion inside of myself that said, I want That within myself, I want to know what I want to talk about. I want to know who I am and what I care about and what I'm passionate about. So then, this presented me in the modeling industry with having these really, really deep conversations with people. And, you know, the waters started to turn. Some people were not into that, they did not care to go deep, they did not, you know, want to know a ton of stuff about my inner world. And they didn't, you know, it just kind of created a rift in some friendships that really weren't very deep of friendships, (laughs) and those friendships fell away. And it's okay, because those pieces, oh my gosh, it just helped me, it just helped me come into my own so much. So really taking it upon myself and saying, you know what, I'm going to communicate in the way that I want to with the people that want to meet me where I'm at boom, enter a whole new world of communication, having stimulating, rich, nourishing conversation for a lot of people that is really exhausting and draining to like come into really deep presence and meet people on a mental capacity that is as much as I live at all the time. But for me, it is incredibly energizing and I wouldn't have it any other way. I like can't stand super-duper mundane conversation for long periods of time. That is actually incredibly mentally draining for myself. So I'm not going to take this much time for each one. Otherwise, we will be here for three hours. (laughs) So, okay, there's number one. Number two is... Also inviting that mental stimulation into my relationship. So I have Venus in Gemini and this really, and Mercury as well, they're conjunct, as is my Jupiter as well. So all these three planets very much influence one another. And I find a lot of harmony and peace and just really rich, deep connection within my Venus like relationships by having a lot of conversation and I find having those conversations in relationships incredibly expansive for myself as well that's the Jupiter aspect so just really allowing myself to to invite in more of who I am in my relationship and really allowing myself to express myself to my husband Has been a journey unto itself, to be honest. A lot of you might not know, but my husband and I have been together for 10 years, and I had my spiritual awakening in 2015, which is seven years ago. So we had three and a half years of us both being on incredibly unconscious levels (laughs) of our lives. And even before that, we've been in each other's lives for 16 years. So we've just known each other like the mass majority of our lives. And for me to have all these awakenings and epiphanies inside of myself was a challenging season because I started wanting to express myself authentically more. And obviously this, you know, met challenges of its own. And it's just been, again, something that I would never want to have happened any differently. I'm so grateful that I've really allowed myself to communicate more authentically who I am and, you know, show my partner and allow myself to be who I am. So for anyone out there who I feel like this is such a big one because we can feel so isolated in our relationships and like our partner doesn't know, you know, who we are or what we're into, or we feel like we need to make our, especially our spiritually expanded selves smaller around our partner. That is a detriment <laughs> to your energetic expression, and I have to say, there have been many times, these are long stories, so I won't even go into them. But there have been many times when I was like, you know, facing kind of a, a wall where I was like, okay, do I stay in this place that I feel that I'm too much? My words too many words, too much words, (laughs) you know, because it's very overwhelming for my partner's system. Or do I communicate just how important this is to me and then, you know, let the cards fall how they may and at least I'm choosing myself and I'm speaking my truth and I'm not shutting myself down for the comfort of my partner And I can't even tell you how many times we've encountered those moments in our marriage. And I can't even tell you how grateful I am that I've been brave enough and courageous enough to really like own my truth and freaking do it. And that actually takes care of number four too, because speak my truth is that one too so i'm gonna cross that off i have my little list in front of me i'm so proud of myself i really came into this freaking organized (laughs) so um i feel like all of this kind of speaks into number three too which is communicate with clarity recently this has been such a massive massive theme in my life And It's been a massive theme in my life because I've encountered a lot of situations where the communication has not been clear at all, and it's gotten me to be very heated and really call people into the circle of being more clear with their communication. Some of you might not follow me on Instagram, and who knows if you actually saw this story, but it has been almost a month now since discovering that I had an ectopic pregnancy. I was almost seven weeks pregnant and we were in the beginning stages of celebrating our beautiful pregnancy and we were just so excited and I just had a lot of pain one day and um, just for those of you who might not know because I had no idea before I discovered that I had this going on inside my body, the ectopic pregnancy is not a valid pregnancy. It's not able to go to term and the reason for that is because the fertilized egg travels down the fallopian tube in a healthy pregnancy and then implants into the lining of the uterus. So it's got a little journey to go through. And then once it plugs itself into the uterus, then it can really begin the gestation period. And mine got stuck in the fallopian tube. So my baby kind of just posted up there in the fallopian tube. And I had a lot of pain one day because my fallopian tube ruptured. And that means that my embryo just like, the fallopian tubes blow up like a little balloon so once it got past a certain point it like popped and then I was internally bleeding for a couple days and ectopic pregnancies can be fatal if they're not discovered and if they're not dealt with so I had these pools of blood building inside of me and I am so grateful that I followed my intuition and I went and got an ultrasound and um this is turning into such a long story, but I really (laughs) just want to share it. So I had to go to the ER and just like the experiences that I had with my mom when she was in the hospital, getting her bone marrow transplant um, to treat her rare forms of blood and bone marrow cancer, um, I encountered a lot of shit (laughs) with the hospital team and the hospital staff just to be super blunt and honest and it really enacted this piece of vigilance inside of me that said you are your own best advocate you need to communicate with clarity because for so many of us we can kind of keep ourselves quiet because we don't want to make a fuss we don't want to um you know, make a big scene. But if we don't stand for our own bodies and our own lives and our own health and recognize that we are a patient inside of this system, and as much as we're individuals, we are another name on a chart for these systems. And I'm not saying that they don't care about the name on the chart, but just that they're people too, and they can make mistakes and they can Just be really tired some days and their performance cannot be so great. Um, Anyways, clarity and communication. Really freaking effectively communicate what it is that you're trying to say, how it is that you're trying to get it across. I'm saying that to myself. (laughs) Tap into my Gemini superpower. Okay, so share more song is the next one. And... Our voices matter so much. Our voices matter so much. They are unique, just like our fingerprint. There is no one in the world that has the vibration that I have, that you have, that any of us have listening. And it's so important to really honor that. And one of the ways that I've really been connecting with my own throat chakra calibration is by song, is through connecting with song. Some of you might not know, I grew up in musical theater. I was always singing as a kid, and then around like age 19 or so, I had this really crappy relationship, and he shut my voice down. He told me something, and I shut my voice down. I'll reframe that. Take accountability. So for about seven years, I didn't sing, even by myself in my car, And I hated my voice Um, after a while of not using it. I just like didn't like it anymore. I hated the way that I sounded. And I was trying to always mimic other singers and sound like them. And it just affected me a lot. Coming into my own authentic voice and my authentic singing voice has been such an empowering practice and just really releasing a lot of perfectionism that I've had around what my voice sounds like and the journey of really strengthening and toning my voice, understanding that my voice is an instrument, and just like any learning any instrument, it's going to take time. So I just invested in Aylanario's The Living Song year-long course. I'm so excited. The calls just started. And we featured Ailinario just before season five started in a episode called "Leading, um, Leading in Presence and Song," "Leading Life in Presence and Song." I want to say it's such a good episode, and yeah, just showing up to sing <laughs> every day is so important for me. And I'm so proud of myself that I'm making this change. I really want to start sharing more of my songs, and as a matter of fact, to come into this podcast episode today, I calibrated my voice and opened my throat chakra with this song, and it's called Invite the Sun, and I think I'm going to be super brave and share this like three-minute song right now, as a matter of fact, so if you want to... I really invite you to sink into this beautiful medicine song. It is one that we can carry through our days, through our lives, to really just help us to remember, to feel into the entirety of our being, and to allow ourselves to shine. So, enjoy. This is Invite the Sun.
1: Invite the sun the
0: light to shine
1: Within, without, below, up high Invite the sun the light to shine Within, without, below, up high Invite the sun, the light to shine Within, without, below, up high invite the sun the light to shine within without below up high invite Mm -hmm. the sun the light to shine Me low up high.
0: It is such a huge marker and monolith for me to share something like that with you. So thank you so much. This is honestly like a massive moment in my life right now. I'm so proud of myself. I'm just grinning ear to ear. And this is the energy that I'm taking my 33rd year into, to be honest shedding away so much of the shame and so much of the perfectionism that I've been holding inside of myself, telling myself that I'm not ready yet and I need to be better and this and that. And, you know, just like sharing super vulnerably with all of you too, because sometimes I feel like as people who put things out, like we are, or not we are, that's a perception of my own, but sometimes it's just like, like we're supposed to be these people that have it all figured out. <laughs> and I just love really like de platforming that notion and belief. So, share more song. I'm doing it. <laughs> And in that, I cover number six, too. Don't take myself so seriously. <laughs> don't take myself so seriously. I don't need things to be perfect. I just want to show up. I want to have more fun. And these last years have been so like wild and emotionally heavy for myself, just with so much loss um, that yeah, like giving myself excess burdens to just have a hard time with is just so not my vibe this year. (laughs) Really cutting the cord with that. And then talking to myself more. Oh my gosh, this is such a big one for me. You know, about once a season, I have these massive moments where I remember that my Gemini superpower is in talking and communicating and intellectualizing and a big way that I'm able to work through things within myself is by turning on a voice memo, getting out my journal, and having Gemini meetings with myself where I literally take myself through a challenge that I'm experiencing in my day-to-day life and working through it, asking myself, what's going on? Why do you feel this way? Well, why do you think of that whenever that happens? Where did that come from? Why are you still hanging on to that? Like literally as much... As deep as I can go with myself, the clearer, the root cause of the issue becomes so blatant and so clear. And when I know and can acknowledge that root cause, I have direct access to my own treasure trove of medicine and tools that I can utilize to really nourish that aspect of myself It is how I've transformed my entire life. And I really look at it as a form of prayer, to be honest. Praying. Praying. Talking to myself. Guiding myself open. Guiding myself open. Yeah. It's so beautiful. I hold the answers to everything. And so do each and every one of you. This is what I do as an energetic cartographer, really guide ourselves into ourselves more deeply because all of it's in there. So knowing how to access those points inside of ourselves is vital. So there we go. Talk to myself more. (laughs) And invite more praise and give affirmation I think of this as a form of prayer too, to be honest. Recently, I've been really praising the people around me in moments that I just really honor what it is that they're doing or how they're showing up or, you know, something they said. I just really like, "Mm," speak to it. I breathe life into it. And what I've been noticing is that I'll give the little compliment, and then nine times out of 10, the person I give the compliment to will prompt me to go deeper to give them a more like a bigger outlay i guess of what it is that i'm talking about so really it's like extending that initial compliment into a moment that we actually share together And then it impacts their day, and they're able to see themselves more clearly, and it just makes me feel so good that I am, again, being vulnerable with my communication and just sharing something that's on my heart with them. It's just been such a sweet practice, and it's been very rewarding for everyone involved. (laughs) We impact each other's lives so much. So the more that we can really let ourselves like form those connections and those bonds, it's so cool to witness how many relationships can just like totally catapult onto a whole nother level. Wow. That is the error, the mental realm. Mm. Let's move on, shall we? Let's, I'm like trying to feel into which one I want to do next. I want to go physical. I want to go earth. I want to go fricking body time. (laughs) So number one is get into my body. Oh my gosh. I'll tell everyone right now because I know that we reach a wide spectrum of listeners and a lot of them range all the way down to from like 18 years old. So if you are the beauty listening to this misconscious thing at 18 years old, <laughs> I love you. And I want to acknowledge all the brothers that are here too, and all the sacred beings who are on the non-binary spectrum. So um, yeah, just like getting older, your body changes (laughs) and things that did not seem you notice your joints. Honestly, I notice my joints more. I used to have a really rigorous, um, and strict yoga practice. And I've been out of that for about two and a half or three years. And I am really calling it back in. I'm calling it back in and just moving my body recently. I've been taking a lot of walks in the afternoon and the evening and it just feels so good. I know over quarantine, my like physical regimen was like super interrupted and I gained a lot of weight <laughs> and um, yeah, that's something I'll talk about here in the earth realm too, but it's like fine movement that's fun and then find movement that's challenging too. For me, I really love like really, really prioritizing like movement in my life because I know that if I don't use it, I lose it. I witnessed this in both of my parents and I'm sure a lot of us listening are like, oh shit, that's true. <laughs> you know, it's like we witness it in, in the people around us too. When you're not Moving yourself in a lot of different um, on a lot of different planes in a lot of different directions, you just get really tight in that in that direction, and it's nothing personal. It's nothing good or bad, right or wrong. It's just something that I don't want for myself moving forward. So I, as a conscious empowered woman, am able to do something about it, and I'm able to invite more movement into my life, and have fun while I'm doing it. I love feeling super, super strong and super, super like toned. Yeah, super strong and toned. So that's a vibe I'm going in with to 33 too. Um, And then embrace my body right away is number two. Um, So I, with 18 years in the modeling industry, didn't realize how severe my body dysmorphia was until my mom passed away. And yeah, like I said, I've gained a lot of weight since my mom passed and am the heaviest I've ever been in my life right now. And it's been really fascinating to witness how strong and deep and loud the body dysmorphia whispers are. And I dare say that I'm healing my body dysmorphia, but when I think of, well, what is healing body dysmorphia, it's not like erasing it to a place that like before I ever noticed that it was occurring or that it's just never on my mind whatsoever, like my body image anymore, not at all. I feel that healing in this way, in my personal experience, is just witnessing those whispers and then holding them and nourishing them in the moment in a way that feels good for me at that time. It is noticing... Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'll just like stop it there because that is an entire episode unto itself and I'd be really curious to know if, you know... Any of you are are really traversing this yourselves because it's big and a lot of us women are really like taking our power back in this realm and separating ourselves from the super toxic notions of the beauty, the beauty standards, the un, unattainable beauty standards and just this constant um, narrative and drive for self-hatred and this never being good enough vain. that really impacts our solar plexus and sacral chakras. So there we go. Embrace my body. Really loving who I am, where I am, and how I look and how I feel in my body. Mm. I love that I've gained weight because I feel so sexy. I feel so sensual in this like body that actually has curves now i never used to have curves i didn't have a butt (laughs) i didn't have hips and it just feels really fun to like let myself be this goddess in this body so there's that um yeah accepting where i'm at okay so just today curtis and i went thrifting and we um we went to buffalo exchange which is a consignment like um you know, used clothing shop. It's like a pretty sh- stylish one. And I was like, I really want some shorts because I have two, I own two pairs of shorts and both of them are super tight on me right now. And I, well, I have a skirt too. I have a skort from Bohemian Folk Clothing and We just featured Leslie, the founder and designer of Bohemian Folk Clothing, on the podcast. Hers is going to be out in a couple weeks. That episode, it's so good. But yeah, I just wanted some shorts, like denim shorts, that fit a little bit looser. I'm really conscious of what I bring into my house, so I don't like buying brand new clothing. Um, I really like buying consignment when it's not conscious brands. So went to Buffalo exchange, tried on 12 pairs of shorts. All of them were too tight except one. And immediately in my mind, I was just like, well, there's another, you know, not fun shopping experience. (laughs) My body is too big, you know, stemming back to the body dysmorphia whispers. And then I was like, wait, why don't I just try on some larger sizes? (laughs) And then there's this whole ego battle inside me that's like, well, you're just starting up with fitness again. You probably don't need larger sizes because you're, you know, going to tone up. And then I was like, well, wait, why? Like, why not? I'm not going to be there for at least four to six weeks. So why don't I just get some shorts that are bigger? (laughs) And I went and shopped again and found... Two more pairs of shorts that were in larger sizes that fit me beautifully, that I look so good in. And it just changed the entire birthday, like, shopping experience for me. It felt so good. So there you go. Accepting where I'm at, letting myself buy bigger sizes. <laughs> um, number four is boundaries. Boundaries. Boundaries help everyone involved boundaries help everyone involved and sometimes asserting boundaries in a relationship that you're not asserting boundaries that you're not regularly asserting boundaries within can be a challenging time and you can receive some blowback from it and it might take them some time to really like sink into what's being spoken and what's being asserted and the boundaries that are being made. But I believe that even just from a self, like a self nourishing, I'm going to say self centered, self centered. I really want to reframe this phrase self centered because. We talk about self-centered and selfish in ways that have such a negative connotation attached to them. And in my mind, I'm just like, well, that seems like it stems from a wound that separates us from the innate wisdom of ourselves. So there you go. I I pride myself on being self-centered because I know that all relationships that I'm involved in benefit when I'm tended, when I'm met, when I meet myself, when I nourish myself, So, there you go. (laughs) Here's my permission slip to use that phrase (laughs) unapologetically, because I want to open the conversations more deeply around that too. So, um, yeah, honoring my boundaries. When someone's not making me feel good, when they're talking to me disrespectfully, when they're just injecting these really toxic projections into my reality and into our relationship. I am allowed to take space from that and to communicate with clarity and let them know exactly how I'm receiving what it is that they're saying and, you know, let the cards fall. Again, I think I've said that three times in this. And that's really a part of the reciprocity of relationship because you get out of a relationship what you put into it and sometimes relationships, you know, that used to be close need some space to expand or depart and find someone else that's more resonant with their level of consciousness where they're at in that moment. Not wrong or right, just, you know, a piece that can create less suffering in the long term. (sighs) Okay, number five in the earth realm is organization is my friend. (laughs) (laughs) Again, with my Gemini stellium, I can really struggle with organization, and I'm going to keep this one a lot shorter because I don't need to explain to all of you how this is working in my life, but I'm just so grateful to really be allowing those Capricorn placements in my chart. I have Uranus, Neptune, and Saturn all in the sixth house of Virgo in Capricorn, and the Saturn and Neptune pieces are conjunct and they're actually the base of my God's finger. So the God's finger is an aspect that's more rare in a natal chart and I have a God's finger pointing up to my Venus and Jupiter in the 11th house and the way that that gets activated, that like supercharged soul mission is by becoming really, really exalted in the axis point energies. So in my daily practice, in my organization skills, in my spiritual practice, within that Neptunian piece, and within my Saturn discipline, like truly, th- I'm not able to attain what I want to attain, what my soul is here to attain whenever I just let myself be so willy-nilly and like a little butterfly that's never able to focus for more than a minute or two. Legit. Personal peace. <laughs> so there we go. Organization is my friend. Um, and then another one that I feel like piggybacks off of that is procrastination is self-sabotage and it's a trauma response for myself procrastination, like putting something off that I really, really want for myself or that I really don't want to do. It's a form of self-sabotage because the moments that I'm procrastinating when I decide that I don't feel like doing something in that moment um, until the time that I'm actually doing it, I'm in agony. (laughs) I'm like, "Ah, I should be doing this. Why am I not doing it? I'm unaccountable, and it takes me down all these self-sabotaging spirals that don't benefit myself or anyone else around me. Okay. Piggybacking off of that, commit to finishing things or know when to let go. I'm going to add that one in there or know when to let go. I don't even need to talk about that. It's something that I'm really in the process of integrating right now, which is another reason why I shared that music right now. And it's the precipice of so many projects of my own are like at the very cliff edge that I'm just like, oh my gosh, can I just show up and do it already? (laughs) Like truly, these are the behind the scenes of a green conscious CEO and an entrepreneur really allowing myself like it's a process it's a process and it, it it doesn't have to be like that for everyone but it is for me so I own that truth okay number eight presence is everything dropping into moments of presence expands time gives me access to all that is within myself and outside of myself really allowing myself to slow down and be with myself, be still, be present. It is the most valuable part of the human embodied experience for myself. It gives me access to my limitless power when I'm in my present state. It's been a long time since I've recorded a personal episode, and I don't know if y'all can hear what a different energy that I'm holding in this space. And even me recording it right now, I'm thinking back to all the personal episodes filmed last season, and I can tell. I can tell what a anxious energy I still had inside of those episodes. I don't know if y'all know this, but I can go into editing tirades <laughs> where I'm just like editing. There's like 50 cuts on my like little episodes where I'm editing too much space here. Oh, I didn't need that word there, you know? And like, I don't plan on editing any of this <laughs> at all. It's so fascinating to witness my own, my own shifts as I come more deeply online to who it is that I am at a deeper layer of myself. So talking about that type of transformation, I feel the next element to go to is fire, the spirit body, the transformation element. And number one for myself is to let myself be wild and untamed, to get out of my comfort zones in the realm of of life and the realms of life that are the most uncomfortable for me on the regular. That might sound like the worst idea ever to a lot of people listening, but this is honestly something that brings so much meaning to my life as a Sagittarius moon. Like I love knowing and experiencing new things and it is just something that really like activates different aspects of energy inside of myself like really getting outside of my comfort zone. It's funny because when you think of a comfort zone, it's really not even comfortable to be at the edge of a comfort zone. It's not even comfort. <laughs> Truly. Like those activating those experiences are so activating for me. Like Letting myself be wild and untamed. What does that even mean? Like a lot of times for me, that looks like a masturbation session in front of my mirror. Hey, (laughs) great moment to talk to kids (laughs) about what masturbation is and how holy and sacred those experiences can be with ourselves. If, you know, I was just thinking of if someone's listening to this in their car and their child is in the car with them, by the way, clarity and communication, But, you know, this is something that I think is so important, and it's actually the next thing to talk about, sex magic. Um, It doesn't always, letting myself be wild and untamed doesn't always have to look like that, but it's the first place that my mind goes to, probably because of the releasing of the shame processes growing up as a born-again Christian and how like dirty touching my naked skin was. Um I've talked about that in a lot of episodes but yeah letting myself be more wild And like understanding that that energy is incredibly magnetic, and also not being afraid of triggering people, of potentially making people uncomfortable, because I know how judgmental I used to be whenever I would encounter someone who was very embodied in their feminine essence, and how jealous I was of them, and how much I just thought terrible things of them. And it's so fascinating to be on this side of the coin now, on this side of the mirror that's like, oh my God, I'm so embodied in my sensuality and my sexuality that I just, uh, it's like an energy that's just so delicious to feel into. And not just keeping it in the confines of my own room is like uh, just a, a very... beautiful thought, a very expansive thought. I also go to music festivals a lot, so I'm kind of like mentally preparing myself for that because it's always such a time. Those of you who have been to music festivals that are more like out in the woods, like, you know, Lightning in a Bottle is coming up, um, Don't Trip Festival I'm going to be facilitating at in June, which is in Beaver, Utah, you know, symbiosis gathering, eclipse gathering, origins gathering, spirit weavers, so many different gatherings that are like more underground. And yeah, those are the places that I love really expressing myself through dance and just moving my body and allowing that feminine essence to really like ripple out of me. Same thing with sex magic. Oh my gosh, the other night, I just want to share this. I think I wrote it down. <laughs> I, when I was on the like verge of coming up on the peak of an orgasm, I spoke these words to myself. Yeah, I even wrote, I'm going to use it as a Instagram caption here in a couple, like a little while. But I said, I spoke these words to myself, a rush swelled through my entire body. You are fiercely aligned with yourself. You are everything you know yourself to be. Whew. Ooh, so beautiful. Oh my gosh. The words that we think to ourselves or the energy that we're holding or yeah, the consciousness that's circulating inside of ourselves when we come into a climax and an orgasm. It is a moment of pristine presence where the limitless portals open up and speaking those types of affirmative phrases to ourselves can just be massive portals of manifestation and help us birth ourselves into entirely new planes of existence. Legit. Okay, let's move on to number three. I'm going to try to like really... Okay, I just had to answer my phone because I realized my sister was calling me and we have dinner reservations in just over an hour. My birthday dinner is tonight and I really need to shower. So I'm going to move through these more rapidly without as many personal shares. (laughs) So acknowledge my power as a conscious being, acknowledge my power. Even just coming into ritual and like lighting my palo santo before I do this, knowing that it really helps my presence in an episode to open my voice in song before I do this, like these are powerful tools that help me to calibrate my energy for the task at hand. Mm, Period. Holy ritual holds power period. That's another fire piece. So really like giving the tools that I'm utilizing the deepest meaning that I have access to to hold in that moment. Huge. Truly. This is where we really really get to take our power back by knowing what's powerful for us, knowing what's meaningful for us and letting ourselves choose it regularly as a part of our own awakening process boom look at me now i'm just gonna fly through these commune with fire number five i sit with fire so regularly and i notice my lack of connection to my own inner fire when i am not communing with fire regularly in the physical realm I'm Sagittarius moon, so really sitting and gazing into fire and just contemplating all that a flicker and a flame represents in my inner world and not even just a flicker and flame but just like all the spectrum of what a fire can be, the bonfire, the you know, the deep burning ember at the hearth of the fire just really sitting and communing with us and allowing myself to like calibrate that energy inside of myself so that I can show up as the most powerful human that I know that I can be changes everything for me. Okay, there we go. Commune with fire. Okay, share my wildness. So not only just letting myself be wild and untamed within myself, but like consciously allowing myself to share it with others more and opening dialogue on it more. I think I've been in such a deep process of integrating and transforming my own reality that sometimes I can get into these mental tirades of just like, what if they don't get it? What if they're not ready? What if they don't resonate? What if they don't, you know, like all these things and it keeps me from sharing as much as I want to. And that's a massive, like, no for my 30 30 year period <laughs> share my wildness more people coming online is a good thing and i know that my realm of communication my my love for storytelling and associating my own personal experiences with these aspects like you know talking about fire consciousness is super helpful for some people, and if even just one person is able to embody their power more as a result of coming into contact with me, my energy, my action, my word, my expression, I've done my fucking job <laughs> as a human. <laughs> I am aligned in my soul's purpose. Uh, number seven, dance with my confidence. Mm. And and I've really been thinking about this recently. Thinking about dance. Like, I know that confidence is spelled with an E, but I've been thinking about it as like confiding in our dance. So, when you look up the definition of confiding, there are many definitions for it, but the one that I'm utilizing here is to have or show faith in, to confide, to have or show faith in my dance, that my dance matters. That my expression matters because these elemental forces, earth, air, fire, water, are coming through my expression in a way that they are not coming through anyone else's on just an atomic level in a time and space timeline when we look at ourselves through that lens, it just brings so much more power and meaning to every single thing that we do <laughs> and every single thing that we think. Okay, there we there's that one. Dance with my confidence. And don't fear my depth. Oh my gosh, this one is so big for me because I feel like a lot of my Gemini characteristics can like wanna keep things fun and wanna keep them entertaining and want to be amenable to people's attention spans. And my depth doesn't get to thrive in that space. My Sagittarius moon that loves the existential, the consciousness, the, you know, really deep inner work processes that I want to relay with as effective of communication as I know that I'm possible for. it does take quite an expe- ex- ex- <laughs> an attention span. It really does. And I know it's not always the time and space for a lot of people or the time and place for a lot of people. They get kind of scared off from me and I can tell when I'm like too deep for people in that moment. But having those few people that I can go really deep with is just, you know, it brings so much light to my life and it's also the medicine that I want to bless the world with because the more people that I can have in those deep conversations about their own inner world and their own inner working and their own personal transformation like those are the conversations that I live for absolutely live for okay let's keep going look at that I was able to do like an entire section in like 10 minutes (laughs) so here we come into the water realm Mm, my cancer rising loves this so, number 1 is to let myself be wild even here. So I had let myself be wild in the fire realm in like my outward expression of like my fucking spirit essence, my wild untamed goddess and letting myself be wired wild <laughs> wired wild in the water realm looks like not trying to control my emotions, not trying to control my waters. And yes, I understand. Time and a place. I don't want to be just like freaking going off the deep end in the middle of a conversation. But it's also knowing and being able to discern when it's time to share what's going on in my emotional world and when it's time to like receive support in that way and really crack myself open and allow myself to be seen so that the person that I'm sharing with understands, like on a deeper level, where it is that I'm at in that moment. It's so important to allow myself to share those parts of myself, myself, <laughs> because I feel so deeply cancer rising it's also at the surface. Like I can I can cry at a moment's notice if I allow my thoughts to really connect with things that are on my heart in that moment. I believe that all of us have this Ability inside of ourselves because all of us carry cancer energy for me as a cancer rising It's just literally my perspective of how life should be. It is my my closest cord of connection It's my perspective. It's my medicine So not allowing myself to or like not trying to control my emotions And really compartmentalize them, I think, is really helpful for me. And like also curating the time and space for me to let myself feel into my emotions fully. Like really prioritizing that. (sighs) Number two, I wrote stir the waters. And I want to say that that's really just like spending the time with my emotional realm and like allowing my emotions to surface in a way that I understand what I'm going through because how often do we just like feel upset and challenge and sadness and we don't really consciously gain awareness over what it is that we're having the upset, the challenge, the sadness about. I can get into times like that too. And I've really been growing that muscle inside of myself to really connect and ask myself like, what's up, babe? What's going on? How can I be here for you? How can I serve you? And it's really, really been um, beneficial. Hey, number three, masturbate more. (laughs) Um, I can get into these seasons where I sit with myself like once a week like, really juicy sessions. And um, I want to plug my sacred squirter here, too, because um, for those of you who, you know, might use a vibrator or something, we have a lot of episodes on Yoni, like, connection, especially I'm thinking of season three, Rosie Reese, the founder of Yoni Pleasure Palace, was on, on, um, I want to say it was called, like, Listen to the Yoni or something like that. It's such a good episode. But then we also talked a lot about Yoni and just self-sex and all this with Cher Jolene in six one two. So I've been an affiliate and I'll leave my affiliate information for anyone who's like, oh my gosh, that sounds amazing, um, in the production show notes, but... I've been an affiliate for Yoni Pleasure Palace, this conscious um, brand that creates sex toys that are uh, manual, so not battery operated. I stopped using a vibrator years ago, but recently I've been picking it back up, to be honest, because there's something about a vibration, a vibe orgasm that's just, you know, it hits different. So anyways, um... I have a sacred squirter that is a g-spot stimulator it's called uh oh no you know what erase everything i just said it's it's called the i have the sacred squirter too but that one's kind of big for me and the texture of it like is just not my favorite i thought i would really like it and then i didn't so much but the medusa wand oh my god Medusa wand is where it's at. It is so delightful. It is much slimmer and it's a G-spot stimulator. And I can squirt with that within like literally 30 seconds of using it. And yeah, just those cervical orgasms are totally different. Anyways, I'm reminding myself to masturbate more because it's really like the, when I do it the way that I like to do it, which is like really extending it into like a 40 minute experience, it is just, there's nothing like it. Very, very cleansing. Um, and then within that, within the Yoni Tools, I also I want to side note on my YouTube channel, which is BritLyn on YouTube. Yes, I have a YouTube channel. There are probably ninety videos on there. I used to YouTube a lot from twenty seventeen to twenty nineteen, and then after my mom passed away, it just kind of like shifted for me. But I still have a Yoni Tools episode, and I share all the Yoni Tools that I have. It's super fun, but. Within the realm of yoni tools, de-armoring and womb healing has been really huge for me too. Just like really working at the tension that resides and is holding in my yoni, really opening that up and allowing it to be free so that I'm no longer carrying that tension in my body. Okay, number five, embrace my bigness in all the ways. So this one is meant to be kind of like an all-element inclusion, but um, it's really like allowing my shadows to be really big in all the realms too, and shadows being big in a way that I'm sitting with them consciously, right? So even with the things like coming back into my voice and returning to song, that hiding my voice is a shadow of myself i really like the way that chris orozco talks about this he he refers to them as a golden shadow so it's not necessarily something that i'm like feeling shame of that it exists inside of me but it's really hiding my own light as like a protective measure for myself So it's not seated in something that like an energy that really wants to be shifted from like a really dark place, like a judge. Well, it is kind of a judgment though against myself. But anyways, um, embracing my bigness in all the ways, not being fearful of my shadow or just trying to apply something light to it and kind of bypassing what the shadow is really about. Number six, sink into my sadness more. Oh, and come back. (laughs) That's the clincher part. (laughs) And come back. (laughs) Um, So from February to mid-March, I really let myself go super deep, so, so deep, into new levels of my grief process, grieving my parents' passing, and the passing of my babies. I had another miscarriage in January, so I've had two miscarriages this year. And um, a shadow aspect of cancer energy is really sinking into this victim mentality, like a why me type of energy. And I can very much let myself go there, and I very much let myself go there for six weeks. And I realized in doing that that This is huge. I realized in letting myself go so deep that I was rejecting my timeline. I was rejecting my life. What had unfolded in my life. I wanted so badly for it not to have happened. And that is a seed of suffering that will fester and take you down it takes you down in a way that you can only expand beyond it to a certain point and then you like honestly can't freaking expand beyond it anymore and that is a place that i was at in that season just a couple months ago i'm so grateful that i let myself go that deep because i discovered something new that i hadn't discovered yet and oh my gosh, it's just been so cool to come out of that place because I no longer feel the same way about the death of my parents and my dog and my babies as I did before that depressive season. So a lot of people are like, super quick to like lean on medications and pharmaceuticals and all these things that don't really assess the root cause of like what's going on and you know there's a time and a place i'm not saying it's good bad wrong or not you know ugly um you do you but for myself i just you know i i've chosen to go a different route and i really am super grateful that i have let myself feel super deeply And that I've curated a lifestyle for myself that I am able to have that time to go deep. So there's that. Two more. Here we go. Share emotion, especially when it's uncomfortable. Mm. That one speaks for itself, I feel like. There can be things inside of us that we so deeply want to say to someone else, but we like don't let ourselves for whatever reason. And those moments that we let ourselves press past that comfort zone emotionally and like reveal something brand new to someone else or even to ourselves takes that relationship to another level because we're really allowing the truth of what is, and we're not masking anything that's going on inside of ourselves. We're really allowing everything and anything that's alive inside of us to be welcome, to be accepted, to be communicated, to be held, to be honored as real, because it is. So there we go. (laughs) And then, oh no, this isn't the last one, but this is the last one of the water realm. I think I'm going to say talk to my Yoni more because I've already spoken so much on honoring my truth. Hey, Picasso, come here, babe. I'm almost done with this episode. Okay, the last one that I feel like perfectly weaves all of this together, my culminating piece to honor those who influence my life and who guide me into more expansive versions of myself honor those who influence my life and who guide me into more expansive versions of myself. This includes me. This includes... Do I like list everyone right now? This includes all the mentors that I've invested in the last years. This includes my yoga teacher, Annie Carpenter, who I just wrapped up another 100 hours of my yoga teacher training. So I'm almost at 500 hours. It was a Svadhyaya course, and it was so good just coming into deeper recognition of the practice of self-study. It is every mentor that I've invested in who has helped me crack the code and tap deeper parts of myself that want so badly to be seen, to be expressed, to be valued, to be like allowed in my life. Yes, we can forge these paths and obviously everything is done on the inside of us, but having a guide short circuits the experience tenfold. (laughs) For heaven's sakes, I signed up for Andrea Franco's Abundant Queen Academy. Y'all remember her from season five, and that was in the fall. I just started taking the classes right now. Because when I went into the course, it just like wasn't the time in my life to be taking those classes and those trainings, and I'm finally at a place where I'm like, fuck yes, let's go. This is it. So it's like, even the investments that I kind of slept on, this is the fun of having so much online nowadays, because we have lifetime access to this stuff, and it's just so great that I can always go back to so many of these courses that I've invested in. So, oh my gosh, wow, 33 guiding bits for my 33rd year. What a fun time that was. I just looked and it's one hour, 11 minutes, and 44 seconds right now. That is a perfect place to conclude this. I love y'all so much. Thank you so much for being here with me. This was such a personal episode. I love you please subscribe to this if you haven't already share it with someone who you have no idea how much it could impact them this is what we're here for to connect i would love to hear which of these really like spouted some deep insight for for you like please let me know in the ratings in the review shoot me a dm on instagram i'm super super curious to know I love y'all so much. I hope you have a great rest of your day. Namaste. Bye.